There are a handful of widely known people that have gone missing for a long period of time, who are later found either by their own accord or through DNA testing. Some cases, however, are never solved, like the case we are about to dive into. In 1994, a wife is found floating face down in a pond by a child coming home from school. This particular woman who was found, her husband, was in the midst of an affair. Therefore, he was prosecuted and thrown in prison. With circumstantial evidence and a convinced jury, they thought justice has been served. That is until the wife returns home after 11 years, alive and well. And I've covered a lot of cases here on this channel, but this one is from a whole different caliber of bazaar. Here are their stories. Luchang village, located in China, a man sends his child off to school for the day, and when the child returns, the discovery is made. Of course, being frightened, the child hurries over to the chief of the village to report what she believed to be a woman potentially injured and unconscious in the nearby water. Once the chief confirmed this indeed was a body, the authorities were brought in to assess the scene. With the help of the villagers, the police were able to retrieve the body from the pond and begin their examination. The remains were in an advanced stage of decomposition. The face was also severely swollen, to the point where even though the authorities could determine that this was a woman, they couldn't mark any specific facial features. The authorities began questioning the villagers looking for a suspect, while also seeking the identity of the Jane Doe. Nobody in the village had spoken up about involvement or having information of any involved party. Even weirder, not one villager even knew of this woman. She was a stranger to a small population. The woman's clothes had no distinguishing features that could provide a lead, and nobody within the village or surrounding areas were reported missing. The police had nothing to go on. So the investigation was relinquished to the Jingshan County Public Security Bureau, who I will refer to as the Bureau moving forward. The Bureau instructed investigators to head to the scene immediately to perform their own assessment and examination, but made little to no progress. They described the woman as wearing a yellow vest made of wool, a bra with a black shirt, and exercise pants with blue shorts over the top of them. Her shoes were red, and she was five feet tall. With the little evidence to go on, the Bureau felt it was prudent to move the body to a morgue 
so an autopsy could be performed, with the hope that it would provide more details, or at least a starting point to this investigation. And the autopsy revealed that Jane Doe had suffered six wounds in total, all to the back of her head, wounds so profound their impact had fractured her skull. According to the coroner, this would be inconsistent with any kind of accidental fall. They were recorded as blunt force injuries consistent with some sort of attack. The coroner was also unable to determine if Jane Doe had passed from the injuries or from drowning. With further examination, he was able to conclude that the woman was approximately 30 to 35 years of age. And based on the state of clothes that she was wearing, level of decomposition, she had been deceased for nearly 60 days. Lastly, the coroner was able to determine that the woman had given birth to a child relatively shortly before her death. Without a single lead, the police took to the village and began to deepen their investigation by looking at the facts. This woman, who had been deceased for a number of weeks, was found face down in a pond, which is rather small and located in the hillside, but is fairly heavily trafficked. Villagers fished from the pond daily, which led authorities to believe that although the woman was deceased for nearly two months, she did not spend this time in the pond. Surely a local would have seen her well before then, as there are no moving bodies of water that emptied to the pond. And the body couldn't have floated to the surface in such a short period of time. The last option, the most unfortunate and dreaded, someone had placed Jane Doe in the pond shortly prior to the discovery. With this information, the police decided to rule it a homicide. Meanwhile, the Bureau's team was busy spreading the word of the deceased throughout the village and neighboring towns in hopes that someone will come forward. And very quickly, a mother came forward to report her daughter, Zhang Zayu, missing. This was the only person to come forward and the only leg the police had to stand on. To solve this case. They asked a mother to come with them to identify the body. The mother brought her son, Zhang's brother, to assist with identification before letting the pair see the deceased. They had asked both of them to describe the victim in as much detail as possible. The mother and son both stated that Zhang had disappeared on January 20th, 1994, three months prior. She was five foot tall, average body type, short hair, and she had both of her ears pierced. The mother also detailed that Zhang had an incision on her lower abdomen from when she had a C-section when she gave birth. With all of the details lining up, the police wanted to run a DNA test to be sure that this was their victim, but no one local could perform the test. Seeing as the description lined up, the police instructed the coroner to perform an examination with the details from the mother and the son. They concluded that they had identified their Jane Doe as Zhang Zayu. With the name of the victim, their first official starting point 
the Bureau was able to begin their investigation by speaking with friends and family of the deceased. Naturally, they wanted to focus on the significant other of the victim, a man named Shea Zhanglin. Shea was born on March 7, 1966. He, as a former soldier, he was described as physically and mentally strong, with a background in martial arts training. Shea and Zhang married on September 18, 1986, and due to obtaining a new job, the newly married couple moved outside of their village in 1990. They then relocated again in 1993, as he got a job as a security guard for the Madian police station. During this time, the couple had a daughter, and with a new job, Shea began working longer hours and rarely stayed in the village with his wife and daughter. This is the first of many supposed problems with their relationship. Shay was rarely present and only earned roughly 100 yuans a month, which for the career in the area is average or below average. Furthermore, Shay had an issue with finances. He wouldn't send the money home to his wife or daughter. He would spend the money each month on himself and activities he was interested in therefore living paycheck to paycheck. At one point, Shea had drained the small family's life savings around 1,000 yuans. They had been saving that for years. According to friends and family, Shea had a temper and would instigate verbal arguments very often. Zhang would typically back down to keep the peace and keep the family together for the sake of their daughter. Five years after getting married, Shea began an affair with a woman named Chen, who worked in the same building as him. According to Shea, they fell in love between the spaces in his marriage, where he would spend many days away from Zhang. Oddly enough, when Zhang found out about the affair, she was not only calm and understanding, she decided to meet up with Chen for lunch and discuss the issue. Upon hearing this, Shay felt guilt. He ended up confessing to his wife all of the details of his affair. Zhang, again, was understanding and forgave Shay, And because of this, their marriage stayed on track and was better than ever. After all, it's events like this that put things into perspective. Unfortunately, just two years later, Zhang's mental state began to suffer. She worked as a factory worker, and it's rumored the environment she worked in was not a healthy environment, which could have contributed to the mental decline. That coupled with her family and friends stated her depression began to chip away at her mental state. Little things would slip her mind, arguments between her and Shay would become a blur. The mental deterioration became so bad. She even told her mother, that she was convinced she was going to die, to the point where, in October of 1993, she felt violently ill. Zhang then disappeared in January 1994, and when questioned by the Bureau, Shea stated that Zhang had run away during an explosive argument the couple was having. He informed her family that she had run away to which they did not believe. Her mother had gone to the couple's home looking for Zhang and found no signs of foul play, 
or any sign that Shay had lied about the incident. Her disappearance was reported to the police after a week of Zhang not returning home. There are no reports of action taken by the police at the time to find Zhang. Of course, after hearing all of these details, the bureau made Shay their prime suspect. They began questioning his co-workers, some of which had stated that he was tired of Zhang and that he wanted to get rid of her. But mind you, this was during the time that Zhang fell ill and Shay had to take care of her 24-7. This was enough evidence for the authorities to bring Shay in for questioning on April 12th. Shay's family requested to see their son, which the police denied. They also requested to see the body of their daughter-in-law, which was also denied. According to Shay, he didn't know Zhang was dead until they arrested him for her murder. He too requested to see the body, and this request was also denied. He then began to tell the authorities about her deteriorating mental health, and how as of late he had to spend a great deal of time taking care of her. The police then turned the conversation into an intense interrogation. They accused Shay of the homicide repeatedly, to which he denied. His affair was brought up. He also denied his affair, but eventually came clean and informed the authorities about the relationship with Chen. But he immediately followed that statement with the fact that he had broken the relationship off and had completely blocked Chen from his life. Authorities then aggressively demanded Shay to describe in full detail how he killed his wife. Shay denied again and claimed she had run away and this was due to her declining mental health. He once again asked to see her body and stated that he believed the police had misidentified her and that she was still alive. Once again, the request to see her body was denied. Police officially placed Shay under arrest and charged him with the homicide of Zhang. While the arrest took place, the coroner made new discoveries about the contents of the woman's stomach. There is a presence of a diatom substance, which essentially means organic macromolecules, and in this case, pond water, which the coroner used to rule the death as a drowning. This brings up the question of how the woman made it into the pond and drowned without being spotted for a number of weeks. There were a number of additional requests made by Shay, including to see his family. All requests were denied. His family, however, was further questioned by police after the official request. His family again demanded to see the remains of their daughter-in-law, and they were convinced the police had misidentified the body. The family corroborated Shay's story of Zhang running away. They claimed to have even seen Zhang multiple times after she had run away. Since the authorities had already made their arrest, the police wanted sufficient evidence to ensure the prosecution and charges stuck. They diligently searched the home of Shei and Zhang. They searched the forests and mountains surrounding the pond, but came up with nothing. They then turned their efforts to Chen, Shei's former mistress. And according to Chen, after Zhang disappeared, Shei repeatedly went to Chen's village and asked her multiple times to marry him to which she claims to have rejected. Police believe this to be their smoking gun and the nail in Shay's coffin. 
Over the next two weeks, Shay was viciously interrogated. He eventually broke and gave the police everything they wanted, a full confession. He stated that he did not want to be with her anymore because of her mental illness and had fell in love with someone else and no longer wanted to be married to Zhang. So he killed her in order to rid himself of his wife and marriage in an attempt to be with Chen. When pressed for more details, Shay gave multiple accounts of his confessions. The first was that he had committed the homicide on the 15th of April, but this did not line up with the coroner's report. They went through all the different confessions and ran with the one that lined up with the facts of the crime scene and the evidence the most. The confession the police were satisfied with was given on April 20th, more than a week after being detained. In his confession, he stated he was alone, and he had committed the homicide using stones, and then sunk her body in the pond with said stones, weighing her down. Satisfied, Shay's arrest was sealed with a confession and he would be moved through his sentence and directly to prison on the 28th of April. The police stated that the case has officially been solved and the book was closed. Over the next couple of months, the police submitted and resubmitted their case to the prosecutor, who denied it multiple times, stating that the evidence was too circumstantial and the multiple confessions did not add up to a guilty party. Shay also retracted his confession in court, stating that the authorities extracted it from him, essentially forcing him to piece together exactly what kind of confession they wanted until he got it right. Even over 200 residents of his village sent in handwritten petitions saying Shay was innocent, and all he has ever been guilty of is being a drunk. Despite the efforts of his supporters and his defense team, Shay was still found guilty, and worse, he was sentenced to death on October 13th. March 28, 2005, 11 years after Shay's arrest and sentence to death, a woman makes her way into the village Zhang's family resided in. She entered the household with two words, I'm back. Her family was stunned as the woman was Zhang's Ayu, alive and well. According to the family, she had no idea why everyone was so surprised and shocked to see her. Zhang had reminded her brother that she left him a note explaining she was leaving to which the brother had confirmed. He did receive a note, but quickly threw it away as he thought it was just a joke. He failed to mention this to any of the family members at the time and never mentioned it to the police. One of the first questions Zhang had was where Shay was. Her family explained that he was in prison for her murder. Zhang was shocked. She had no idea he was in prison and certainly didn't know that he had been prosecuted for murdering her. Zhang quickly made her way to the local police station to inform them of her terrible mistake. They too were in shock and in awe, especially after confirming her statements that she herself was Zhang Zaiyu with a DNA test. On March 30, 2005, the charges against Shea were dropped, and a retrial was immediately ordered and on the 1st of April he was released on bail. Zhang, on the other hand, was admitted to a mental hospital. Her mental state was still very much unstable. When she was released from the hospital, she was bombarded by the media, asking where she had been for 11 years and why she would allow her husband to suffer in prison over the homicide allegations. She described her experiences as follows. I did run away, but my mental health became so bad that I didn't even know who I was. Eventually, I made a life for myself in the Shandong province and married another man and had a son with him. Over the years, bits and pieces of my life before this started to slowly come back. I had remembered almost everything for some time, 
but was reluctant to come home as I did not know what my family would think of me, and I was also scared that they had entirely moved on from me. By the 13th of April, Shay was completely absolved of the charges and officially declared not guilty. During his imprisonment, his mother had passed, and he had learned that while he was in prison, his mother essentially went to the ends of the earth to find evidence to get Shay out. When she couldn't do anything further with the actual case, she turned to locating Zhang. She had tracked down leads and spoken with people in other villages that had claimed to had seen the woman matching Zhang's description at the time. She was very close to helping her son before she had passed away. She visited her grave the moment he was released, and on September 2nd, he was given 700,000 yuan as compensation for his false imprisonment. Shay was satisfied with the compensation, but money doesn't, and will never fix everything. Shay had completely lost his hair in prison. His diaries detailed how the police beat and tortured him to get his confession. At one point, they wanted him to draw a map of where he left the body, but he obviously couldn't, because he had no knowledge of the woman who drowned in the pond. Eventually, one of the officers pointed to the map in the area the body was found, and instructed Shay to draw the map's endpoint there. Zay and Shang haven't spoken much since the acquittal. Shay does, however, hold no ill will towards Zhang. He instead blames the corruption of the judicial system and the methods they use to draw a false confession out of him. One of the officers even committed suicide in May of 2005, as he was facing disciplinary hearings for his actions in the investigation. Even though Shay was released, compensated, and has his life back, and Zhang is alive and well, nobody wins here. Time can't be given back to either of them, and the case that was once solved has been reopened and is now a cold case with a generic Jane Doe attached to it. Who was the victim, and who killed her? Had the authorities expanded their investigation from the start instead of narrowing in on an innocent person? This case very well may have been properly solved. The more time goes on, the harder a case is to solve. And we're starting at square one, 11 years after the crime had been committed. This case will likely never be solved, but there is one piece of evidence to go on. During the initial investigation, another family had come forward stating one of their relatives had gone missing, and perhaps the victim was her. Unfortunately, the family came forward when the Bureau was dead set on Shay as her prime suspect, and Zhang as the victim, so the lead was never looked into, and as of 2020, it is published that the woman is still unidentified. I often reflect on the cases I research and write about, and come up with my own theories. I want to hear from you. Realistically, what do you think happened? How did a woman end up in a pond? that is so frequented by villagers. Could she have been submerged and unearthed within the two-month time frame? How do you feel about the way this case was handled? Thanks for watching, guys. We love to research and write about cases that are not widely covered, so check out our recommended video on the left. If you're interested in darker content, specifically in the paranormal, Check out our second channel, Ranked Paranormal, on the left-hand side of the video as well. We'll see you in the next upload.